Michael Gevin here with Jumpstart Sessions. So I'm super excited to bring you these one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching sessions. These are kind of behind the scenes and coaching videographers and filmmakers. And if you'd like to kind of cherry pick what you'd like to even listen to on each episode, you can go to jumpstartsessions.net. And on there, you'll be able to find the show notes for each and every single episode. There's also an assessment that I have each person take that I coach. You'll be able to see their results on the show notes page for each episode. You'll also be able to take the assessment yourself so you can kind of compare results. If you yourself would like to be coached on a Jumpstart session, you'll also just go to jumpstartsessions.net and it'll say, get coached on the podcast. You fill out a questionnaire and as of right now, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. And so ultimately, that's all I've got for now. I'm super excited for you to listen to this episode. So let's rock and roll. Lance. Yes. <laughs> How are you, man? So if you could give me a little bit of background about your situation, I've got the questionnaire here, so I'll be probing and asking a, a number of questions, but just up front, kind of give me a little brief background of how long you've been doing this, kind of where you're at and what's going on. All right. Well, first of all, thank you for uh, taking this time. I really appreciate that. It's awesome that you uh, do this. Thank you. And I've been doing this probably for like two years now, so I'm relatively new still. Okay. Um, I started out in video um, two years ago, and then I also, after about a year of just doing video, I also started doing photography as well. Okay. Um, so I don't just do video, so I'm not okay. purely focused on video. Okay. Um, and so I've been doing that. I just started my LLC about a year, last September. I, I registered as an LLC. Okay. And, um, yeah, for, I do, I've been mostly focusing on weddings. I've done about, I think I've done like four wedding videos so far. The first two were pretty awful, but now the last, the last two I feel better about, and now I'm finally starting to get better. Okay. Um, and yeah, I don't know. So I tell know. me, do you have, you currently, are you currently employed somewhere then? Or do you, I mean, the, the, the form says you're not really making a ton of money with the video yet. So what's your current situation in regards to how you are making your main source of income, if you're willing to share? Oh uh, yeah. Well, throughout the year, I was just a substitute teacher. So okay. really easy, chill job just because um, I just did that and that was really easy. So it allowed me time to focus on the video stuff and I don't do that during the summer. Okay. Um, so right now it's just purely photography and video. So what have you been generating the most income from in regards to video or photography? Oh, not much. Um, uh, yeah, let's see. Since like March, I would say probably around 3,000 total. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So tell me, what do you think has been holding you back the most? Like, what is the big holdup as to why you haven't generated more or, you know, what, what's going on that's kind of making it difficult for you to make money right now with either one of those services? Um, well... I think maybe one factor is that 
my wife, she just graduated graduate school this year. Um, so she was in graduate school this whole last year. So basically I had to bring in all the income and basically my income was only enough to just cover like our living expenses. I didn't really have enough to, um, you know, at like put into the business, like buy better gear or advertise or anything like that because it was all going towards living expenses because we were just on a single income. Sure. Um, so hopefully that changes when she gets a job. Um, but so were you, was that income then coming from the substitute teaching? Yeah, pretty much. And a, and a little through video and photo, but not much. Sure, sure. Um, so how much extra time, is it a time factor? I mean, now you've had the summer, which at the time of this recording is almost over. So from what you've kind of alluded to, you didn't have that in the summer. So you've had a hundred percent of your time available to do photography or video jobs since maybe into May, beginning of June, or what's that look like? Uh, yeah, it's pretty been, I've pretty much just been throwing all my time into that. Um, just really, I've just been trying to do lots of practice videos and photos just so like once I do start getting clients that I feel really confident. I think part of another thing to me back is the confidence. Um, I don't, I don't feel totally confident going into a job and knowing that I can deliver every time. Um, so I've just really been wanting to practice, practice, practice so that when I do get a paid job, I'm confident that you know, I can deliver. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, I've got it here in the back, you know, you know, that's one big thing I talk about is kind of clarity, confidence, and connection. And I, I believe the more clear you are, about things, the more confident you'll become, but they all kind of intersect with each other, right? If you're, if you're not clear about what you're doing, you're going to probably have a hard time having confidence doing it because you don't even know what you should be doing. And sometimes you take on a project that you are confident in, but then another time you take on something you have zero confidence in. So people can still, even if you were farther along in your career, you know, take on things that you don't know what you're doing. Now you might have a confidence in your overall skill sets, but you might not have confidence in the, in the direct job that they're asking you to do, which then will have it affect your pricing because it's, it's a little bit more difficult to charge higher fees for something you're not quite sure if you can pull off. And so right now, there's a level of professionally, it sounds like putting yourself out there. Now, what have you, getting kind of clear on, well, what have these practice jobs looked like? Like, how are you getting them? What are you doing? Uh, well, just filming weddings for free for friends. Okay. And you've said um, you've done still, now you're up to about what, five or six? Uh, I think, I, I think it's four, four or five. I can't remember, honestly. Um, yeah, four or five. And then I've also done like a video for like a charity and stuff like that for free. And for photos, I've just been working with models, you know, going out and shooting, the practice and stuff so. so out of out of I mean what made you do you like like from shooting video editing video shooting photography editing photography which of which of those things do you love to do the most that's hard to say I like it all honestly okay. um I'm uh, like I kind of have ADD so like I get sure. bored really easily and so when I first started in the video, I just, I started, and I, I like, I like, I kind of burn out easily. Um, so like when I just do video for a long time, I just get really burned out and that started happening. 
So that's when I decided I wanted to go into photo just to kind of give me a break from the videos. Um, for a while so. now in that aspect because there, there's a, multiple things here that sometimes go on because there's there's you know i ran an event once called dreamers doers and entrepreneurs and at times the dreamers don't ever even do the other two on certain levels like they're they're in dream state and, and it's better to stay in uh i wish i could have this business and i wish i could make money from this and although there's levels of doing that kind of happens like you're obviously taking photos i was on your website you're taking photos you're doing video but there's a big difference between i dream about having a business and making my full-time income doing this and making that a reality because sometimes we can dream about it, but we won't do the necessary thing. So it's like, where is that I'm going to get burnt out or bored going to hurt you from turning this into something that you could really make into a living because, you know, it kind of, it's kind of like a train going down the track. Maybe heard me say this before, but you know, getting it going down the track is the hardest thing. That's where it slow gets going. And then boom, once it's going down the track, it's hard to stop. But if you stop that train before it's even got going, it's going to take equal amounts of energy to get it going again. And so I've seen that time and time again in a bunch of people that I've kind of coached through the years is that there's this life happens is the best way that I've typically seen it. And that whether that's boredom, burnout, somebody, something happens to somebody, you know, they lose a job, this happens, they have kids, whatever it is that gets in the way that then basically stops the train from going down the track any further. And that might be three months, that might be three weeks, quite frankly, it could be three years. But that stopping and starting, stopping and starting, and I've experienced this myself, and I can tell you from a business perspective, it does not help. Now, from a brain perspective of yeah, I'm bored with this or this doesn't feel right or I think I'll stop and do something else. That's fine. But if we never have ever gotten full momentum into a business, it's difficult to ever make it something because there's also a trust factor. If you're just kind of here one day and gone the next and here one day and gone the next, you'll have a hard time building that brand and that reputation because they're not quite sure if you're going to even be doing this in three weeks um, because maybe you got bored with it. So what is kind of the vision for what if we could wave the magic wand, what would your life and business look like from a video and photography standpoint? Uh, okay. Can I turn my fan on? <laughs> I'm like sure. sweating over here. Oh yeah, you're fine. Let me know if it's messing with the audio and I'll turn it off, but okay. I, want, I don't want to sweat onto your screen. All right. Is it, is it okay with the fan on? I actually don't hear anything. Okay, cool. At least on my end. <laughs> All right. So you said, like, what is my ultimate goal with the, like, to try to do it? Yeah, if, you could, if we could wave a magic wand and have it look like how you dream in your mind and what kind of projects you'd be working on, how much you'd be working, would you be editing, shooting, would you have a team? Like, what's the dream right now, what you're working towards with video and photography? Um, honestly, it's like, I kind of just want to make – I, I don't need to make that much money to be happy. Like I only like right now my goal is just to make like 30 to 40 grand. Sure. Um, and obviously, you know, I like to like make a little more than that, um, as I progress, but, um, I, I don't know what my ultimate goal is. It's hard I to mean, say. It's right gonna evolve. I mean, let me probe at that again. It, it's, Things can change and evolve. I mean, I've had people that I helped that their goal was to make $30,000. 
And yeah. over the course of five years now, they're doing maybe a few hundred thousand dollars. But their ultimate goal up front was like, if I could just make $30,000, I could do this full time. Like I could quit my job or, or whatever. So you don't have to necessarily have this grandiose, I imagine it to have eight employees and I'll have a 3,000 square foot facility and be making millions of dollars a year right now. You're going to evolve over time, but just like right now, so it's, it's $30,000. What kind of projects would you be? Would you be shooting weddings? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm starting to kind of, I'm kind of thinking that I want to kind of make that my niche for now just to start off just because that's what I have the most experience in. And so, yeah, I'm definitely going to continue pursuing weddings do you, do you like the weddings yeah i love doing the weddings i love okay them. okay for photography and video or one of the yeah. other i like them both okay have you done both at a wedding or have you done one where you only did photo and one where you only did video or were you just kind of doing them both at the same time i've never done both at the same time it's just either only video or only uh photo so out of the four or five you've done how many of those were photo and how many of those were video do you know uh four let's see about four videos and three photos okay and was there in to your point earlier there was neither one you liked more or the other to do not really I, I like them both man okay okay that's fine no i'm just probing i don't it doesn't matter like i always try to tell people i don't i don't really care what you do <laughs> my goal is not to tell you to do photography or to do video or to edit only or shoot only it's just to figure out what you're kind of saying so I can get a vibe because if you're like, you know, people I'm helping, if, if they don't want to do weddings, they're not going to have success. I've, I've said this before. Like if you have an exit strategy before you've entered, you're going to lose. Like it just no longer do we live in this day and age where it's like, well, if I gave you a bunch of money right now, you'd never shoot weddings. Are you going to win? Cause in the back of your mind, there's this always, I have, I hope I get out of this in the next six months. I hope I don't have to shoot weddings anymore. Now, people love weddings, people hate weddings, and people are indifferent about weddings. So again, there's no right or wrong. It's an individual based thing. But the more when we talk about clarity and confidence, you know, the more clear you are on at least right now, it could evolve. Now, not necessarily when I say exit strategy before you've entered, does that mean you'll shoot weddings the rest of your life? But if you would know, oh my gosh, yeah, I mean, I've shot five of them, like they're okay. I mean, I'll shoot them for the next year or so, but hopefully some other things will come up. That's different than I freaking love them. That's the only thing I want to do right now. And then maybe in three years, you're like, you know what? I've shot 90 weddings. I don't know if I want to do weddings forever. Like there's a big difference in, in that, like kind of like, I already know I want out versus yeah, maybe someday I will, but right now I love it. And so if you're saying right now that you love it, then, you know, from a, from a business perspective to get you going, cause I mean, you're not talking about when somebody's needs are 80,000 or 100,000 or 200,000, it's not that that's impossible to get to, but at times the rates you need to charge, the clients you need to get, the projects, those are, they're also not necessarily more difficult because if you're clear, you can start making relationships with people who are, you know, photographers who get $8,000 for a, a wedding to do photos versus a photographer who gets 1,000 you know, those types of things, you can, you can shift your behaviors and, and who you connect with and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like getting 30 $1,000 weddings could be a lot easier than getting 30 
$6,000 weddings or $10,000 weddings because the reputation, the brand, the relationships that you're going to need to have to find 30 $10,000 weddings is a lot more difficult actually in a lot of levels than it is to be able to find 30 people to pay $1,000 because the market of people paying for the $10,000 weddings is smaller. And as I've seen others who I know, it's, it's less tapped at times. Like there's not as many people actually going after it, but there's a, there's a whole confidence and personality and behavior that you know, you may not possess today that you may possess five years into the career where now you're, you're confident, your work is excellent, and you can start really going after those people. Whereas right now, those people just aren't going to like, I found that it, you know, I maybe could have done it sooner. But, you know, before I started reaching out to Tim Ferriss and some of these different guys, I was in business for six years. So there's a level of confidence about me that these kind of high performing people needed to have in the people they hired. They didn't want somebody who just started yesterday who didn't know what they were doing, especially if they were going to pay them a premium. It's different if they're just going to show up and do something for free potentially. But when you're going to start getting paid eight and 10 and 20 and 30 and $50,000, there is a confidence and uh, an abilities that you have to have to get those kind of clients that the newbie person thinks at times they can just circumvent that by, I've shot five weddings, now I'm going to be able to shoot $15,000 weddings. And then they, they start trying to charge these much higher rates and they can't get any bookings. And so right now, um, I mean, for you, how many more weddings do you have lined up coming up in the next 12 months? Um, I got one I'm doing for free, just for more practice. Mm-hmm. Coming up two weeks. And then after that, I have a paid one. Okay, great. And that's about it for now. Have they all been free so far? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, how are you feeling confidence-wise? Uh, feeling pretty good now. Feeling pretty yeah. good about it. I wish I could do more just so I could make sure that I can deliver every time. Part of the, like, part of the problem is like the last wedding I did was in June. And it's like I barely – picked up my camera since then and like so it's like a little nerve-wracking going back into a wedding because like my next one's in august 24th or whatever and it's been like two months since then so i get a little nervous it's when you so say long. you barely picked up your camera so that let's call it two months for, for sake in those two months what were you doing uh well pretty much just i've used my i haven't done video um i've done photo i pretty much do photo at least I go out and shoot like three times a week. Okay. So you're leaning, are you leaning? And is that because of just the, the boredom that you were having with video? Now you're leaning into photography right now and you're just doing more of that. Like when you were doing video and you weren't bored, were you doing video three times a week or you just finding it easier to do photography clients and projects? Yeah, I think it's easier just to do photography. Um, it's cause you can get, you can see your results quicker, get the projects done quicker. And like for video, like, I, I would like to go film more, but it's just sometimes it's hard finding things to film. Like it's a lot more compl- complex than, you know, just asking a model to go outside <laughs> and shoot for 10 minutes, you know? Yeah. Are you getting paid for the photography jobs you're doing three times a week or are they all free as well? Mostly free. Mostly. Okay. So what's holding you back right now for the photo and video of, is it really like your confidence still is, is low on these skill sets? Like you, or are you, 
I mean, obviously, you know, you filled out the form. I mean, the interesting thing is there's definitely a correlation in people who fill out the questionnaire. A lot of people fill out the questionnaire on a scale of one to 10 when it comes to selling, they put under five. And the ones who happen to put above five, which right now is not the majority, but also is the minority who are earning the most money. Because if there's, if there's this massive issue with asking for money or selling yourself or selling the projects, I mean, naturally, you're going to have a hard time. Like, if you don't like doing that, and, and the wish is like, I wish just jobs just fell in my lap and people would just pay me for them, and I didn't really have to, to sell people on it, then that's an issue that, that we've got to work through because that's going to prevent you. You're going to be shooting free projects six months from now and, right. and, and feeling like there's something there. I mean, because I've, I've, I've seen people who have gone from, I mean, one guy I'm doing coaching with right now he's 20 and he moved out of his parents' house in January and he's already doing $20,000 a month. Now I've seen other people who for 10 years were dabbling and always had a job and hardly made any money, but there's also behavioral and personality differences in, and that's something I, I, I don't share the, the graphs per se. I'm looking at them the whole time, but everybody takes an assessment and I'm probably gonna have my behavioral profiler buddy on or share the link to, uh, uh, the talks that he did for my event, but there's this D I S and C the disc, there's the dominant, the influencing, the stability and the, uh, you know, kind of compliant lines. And, you know, the people who are doing the, you know, I went from zero to $20,000 a month in six months. They're, they're the Gary Vaynerchuk type of person. They're high dominant. They're high driving. They're very ambitious and they're, they're going after what they want. They ask for what they want. They, they, you know, and they get it. Not all the time, but they'll get it. Whereas the opposite of that is very hoping and, and sitting back and I don't want to bother people and, you know, and uh, oh, that's, I, <laughs> that's definitely yeah, me. And that's fine. And there's not, it's, there's not right or wrong, but there's definitely a, I dream of this, but if you're not willing to do and can't figure out how to do certain things, then that's where you'll constantly see other people you know, flying past you. I keep using the NASCAR analogy. You know, it's like, you know, that guy's in a NASCAR going 200 miles an hour. You're on the track with a car that can't go 80. Your car gets you from point A to B. It'll drive around the track, but you're looking around. And if you're unaware, you don't understand why these cars are flapping you and you're just cruising around. And so you'll get to the destination, but you'd get there slower. So if you accept that, now we, we adapt to well, what do I got to do? And as I've, I've used these analogies for, like, if you're a head of lettuce, make a salad. If you're a hammer, hammer nails. Well, he's a hammer. So he's hammering nails. He's not using a head of lettuce to hammer nails. Now, obviously, that's like very duh when it comes to that analogy. But we do that in life where it's like we're dreaming about being a hammer when we're the lettuce. And we can't figure out why when we're trying to use our lettuce to hammer nails, it doesn't work very well. And so then we just look around at everybody else flying by us going, what am I doing wrong? And so, you know, something to consider. I mean, what I've seen with your style, there was actually a gal that I did a call like this I don't know, about, I think, three years ago. And I didn't hear a peep from her for three years. And she sends me a message on Messenger and is like, you know. Uh, I don't know if you remember me. And I'm like, actually, I didn't because I never heard a peep from her. <laughs> I forgot. I had to look at our messages. And she's like, you know, you told me that my personality, 
you know, might cause me issues. She was having a hard time getting business. And it's not, I mean, I know people with your type of profile that get business for themselves, but it's also a much longer cycle at times. And it's just, are they willing to overcome certain things that are uncomfortable because it's less natural for you to do certain things? And so this particular gal, the going out there and negotiating the jobs and selling the jobs and doing all that herself, she just hated it. There was too much resistance in doing that and her willingness to overcome that was low. And so her to adapt to that was to just build relationships with people who were great at getting work but needed help shooting or editing. So at times, if you're resisting more the, let me go out and get it, let me go out and talk to people, let me negotiate and sell these jobs and then be able to shoot them and then be able to edit them. If your confidence and your willingness to overcome that is not there right now, well, no matter what, you're gonna have to sell yourself somehow. You know, whether you get a job as an employee one time, there's a level of selling yourself whether you're just building relationships with a few people that could potentially regularly hire you to be a second shooter or to shoot for them, um, you're going to have to sell yourself. Now, the highest level of selling is when you are owning the company and you're getting every job every single time and you have to sell that. That's when you have to sell the most because employee, one time I get the job, I do my job and maybe I'll keep my job indefinitely. You know, the next level is, I get out there a little bit and I meet a few people. Once I meet those people, if they like me, I don't necessarily have to keep selling to them. Like they know, okay, I'm $500 to go out and shoot for the day. They ask me, are you available on this Saturday? I go, yep, I am. And then I go shoot <laughs> and that's it. And I've even had things where, you know, locally through the years, I've had a few friends where like some of that's the easiest money I ever get. He's like, are you available Monday? Yep. Go out and shoot. He puts his cards in my camera. I shoot for the day. I get 700 bucks and I'm done right? That's super easy. Like I don't have any, there's nothing outside of that eight hours that I have to do. He did all the back and forth with the client, scheduling the shoot and getting an editor and getting it shot and doing the revisions and getting paid and you know, all that back and forth. And so we just have to ask ourselves, you have to ask yourself, you know, what are you really willing to do? And it doesn't mean you won't evolve. It doesn't mean that if you took this other approach and you started to just connect with people who could, you know, hire you as a second shooter or hire you to edit or hire you to you know, do the photos of the video, but they're the ones great at like wrangling up the opportunities. You know, it doesn't mean that after observing that and being in that kind of scenario or environment for a few years that you don't grow and develop and develop your clarity and your confidence to where now you are going out and doing that yourself. And I've seen this. I've had people who shot for me for three and a half years, never had, the, never got their own clients, never got their own work. Now they all have their own businesses and they're, you know, and they're making, and, and that still your personality, behavior, and ambitions will sometimes drive your income, right? The guy to $20,000 a month is very, 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 very ambitious and very driven. And so, but I asked him and he ended up calling it the $80 million question. I said, what would you do if you didn't need money? And he goes, man, I'd really be doing what I'm doing. He's like, I, I don't need the money. Like if I stopped today working, I could like not work for two years and I'd be good. And I believe he's succeeding because one, I mean, yes, he's driven. Yes, he's ambitious. But 
he also like he just loves doing it and so his drive and ambition with love and passion that combined he's just going at it 18 hours a day you know again it's the Vaynerchuk you know it's like people look at him like he's crazy but it's like he doesn't want to sit around on his on his ass and do nothing whereas some of us do like I love actually watching Netflix and Hulu every evening you know with my wife like I don't like to be at meetings every evening now I I have my stuff I like she's doing her arts and crafts right now I'm on this call with you. Like this kind of activity I'm doing with you right now, I love to do. Do I want and love to do it 18 hours a day, seven days a week? No. I, I much like you mentioned, I like that balance. Like I can't be on a call like this with you eight hours a day, five days a week. But by God, I can do it three or four times a week, three or four days out of the week, two to three times a day that you're usually 60 to 90 minutes. So if I do three of these in a day, between the little gap and doing a few things and then going back on another call, I mean, that's a good nine to five o'clock at night if these are an hour and a half a piece. And I'm, I'm, you know, in a positive way, I'm drained. You know, if you can be, you know, you're positively drained or negatively drained. For me, it's just like I'm exerting a lot of energy, but I can't do it all day every day. And so I need that time to go on a bike ride, go on a walk, you know, that's my ability to, and then in the evening, like I said, I like to chill out. Now, somebody of a Vaynerchuk brain, like they literally create problems. Like they do not want to sit. If they walk into a room, I'm thinking of my one buddy, we went into this office space to look at it and he's immediately seen walls that could be knocked down and I'm going, it looks good. Because for me, I'm not looking to create problems. I don't, want, I don't want to create any problems. You're a personality like you don't want confrontation. You don't want problems. You don't like those types of things. You don't like that. That resistance does not feel good to you. Whereas complacency or sitting around or not having a challenge. Like I was just, the guy I'm mentioning, he's just telling me today how he was with this client and they almost got started yelling at each other. And the things he was saying, I'm like, I'm like do you realize like, most creatives would never even dream of saying what you said to the client. But this was a very bullheaded entrepreneur that he was dealing with and a very passive style. He would have just bulldozed over you, the, the entrepreneur client guy. And he would have, quite frankly, probably wouldn't keep working with you. So even though my buddy like, is thinking, I could probably lose this job because of this, that guy wants him that much more. Because that kind of personality doesn't want weak and passive they want strong and powerful and aggressive and that works for them. And so we have to learn these things, but you know, you're at a stage right now where it's like, I'm, I am just learning things, but you have to really ask yourself how I'm wired, what my patterns are behaviorally, where's that going to hold me up? You know, cause right now um, the confidence is something that's holding you up a little bit, right? Like I've done, you know, just giving the difference again. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing free projects. I'm a humongous advocate and still use to this day doing free work, whether it's the way I'm building things even with coaching or whether it's things I've done with video production. I've strategically done free work to at times prove the value and then be able to charge after that or create opportunities. So I, I love doing free, but there's a level of like, well, how many times do we need to do something? My, my first wedding was $500 still. And then, you know, that first year, which I think is where a lot of people get a little squirrely, I still, and I've seen this in lots of people who seem to have this longer trajectory, their first year, typically, they're not charging more than $500 to maybe $1,500. Like, they're not going from, I shot three weddings to I'm charging $4,000 a wedding and the next year I book $25. Um, you know, they don't shoot one year one, you know, they do 
three weddings for $500. Year two, 15 weddings for 4,000. Like I've yet to meet anybody and maybe I just don't have the awareness of them who's had that kind of trajectory. Just I've hardly done anything to now I'm all of a sudden getting a ton of money and I've done a ton of them. Because if you're not known and you're maybe not that good, then it's going to be hard for you to only do a few things and then have tons of demand coming in for what you do and then automatically be able to book it at premium. Now, if you go, some people go from, you know, they've been doing XYZ video for five years and their work is unbelievable and they've never shot a wedding, but now they go and shoot their first wedding and it's just off the charts and, and maybe the area that they do it and the relationships and people they know, word of mouth just goes crazy. They start getting a ton of leads. There's a lot of demand and now they can charge higher rates. So there's always these kind of different nuances that go into how we're going to build a business. And a business is not easy. And without the drive in the engine, like your engine line goes up a little bit when you adapt. Like on this chart I'm looking at, like your, your natural is like a 20 and it's a... 30 when it goes up to when you're adapting. So when you go out to work, you get a little bit more juiced up. You get a little bit more engine that tank to, to do what you got to do, but it's still overall lower. Um, whereas the guy I'm mentioning, he's like a 98, the guy who did the 20,000 a month. So his driveline, that engine, he's got 500 horsepower and you've got 80 or 100. And it's not right or wrong, but it will slow you down in your progress because what he does in a week you do in two months. And so it just means that if you accept that about yourself, you'll actually do more in the next two months than if you're trying to be that other thing, but you're just having resistance against it. And that's why I help people find like, what is your sweet spot? What is your zone of genius? Because when you can do that, you'll move a lot faster than you are trying to resist being something that you're not. And a lot of us have that head of lettuce hammer thing going on. And so we're in this constant tug of war, wishing we were something that we're not. So we don't make any progress. But if we accept who we are, now we can make a lot more progress. So that was just a long tangent and, and uh, rant there. But what, what are you thinking? What do you think about all that? How does that make you feel? And, you know, where do you think the roadblocks are? Or, you know, what's going to hold you up here? Oh, well, I definitely agree with a lot of things that you said um definitely not that confident guy i'm not that five thousand or whatever horsepower you said on yeah sure i feel like i'm at 80 um but i'm definitely willing to do the things i need to do to try and sure you know get to something like twenty thousand a month like i i think i would be will, I, I am willing to try it. I just don't, at this point, I just don't know what to do, like what those steps are. So when like, you say you don't know what to do, let's, let's explore that. So like right now, you, on a daily basis, you said you're going out about three times a week to shoot some photos. What do you not know what to do? Like what's holding you back again from getting work, getting more weddings, let's say, because you're saying things about the confidence is holding you back and you wish you had more. But there's that, the reality check here. What are you doing to get more? Like, are you just hoping like, I, well, a friend asked me, so I'm doing that one. And then that, I, at that one, a friend happened to see it, so I'm going to do that one. But is there any active reaching out in any capacity to get more weddings, even if they're for free, versus them just coming to you? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I pretty much all my marketing is on Facebook with my friends, um, and just like telling, saying, Hey, if anyone needs a wedding videographer, send me a message or sometimes that's again, a, a post that you just put up on your newsfeed and say, if anybody needs a videographer, here I am, reach out. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm not, I, I wouldn't say that I'm that I'm active, but I'm not that active in, you know, trying to get these clients. Yeah. But there's that difference, right? So even not, if I told you, so a couple things, um, that's still, I, I think people, we at times confuse that with, uh, an active action when it still is kind of a passive action because people can easily just, I mean, we are on this call and I've done probably 22 so far. And I would say out of all the ones I have, I have a few scheduled coming up that are actually, you know what? I take that back. Interestingly enough, I take that back. The irony of this situation. I think you are one that I, let me, uh, yeah, Lance, right? Yeah. 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 We didn't have any interaction in Facebook Messenger, did we? No. Yeah. So how did you find out about it? Uh full time filmmaker. And you just saw my post? Yeah. <laughs> so the irony there, right? Like the irony of what I was about to say was about probably ninety eight percent of the calls I've done just like this currently all came from me actively actually reaching out to people in messenger. So not just cold, entirely cold, where like I had no idea that they knew who I was or not. And then I reached out to them, but rather they liked or commented, somehow interacted with me or my content. And then I put it an extra message in front of them and reached out and said, would you, you know, have any interest in doing one of these calls? And so that's probably been about 98% of the calls. So out of, we'll call it 20, I've had probably 18 of the calls came from me actively. Even people who were like, I mean, I had one girl, she was like, oh, I was thinking about it. Like in the message, she's like, I actually went to the form and started to fill it out and then I stopped. And then I ended up doing a call with her after the fact because I kind of put her over the edge when I was actively interacting with her. So you're one of the 2% right now who just saw a passive post that I just put up and then you took initiative and did it. So the irony is, is there that reinforces that people will do that. But it also, in me, reinforces that there's a minority that will do that when you're in the kind of passive mode of like, I put it here. It's kind of, I call it the field of dreams. You know, it's the field of lies. Like you built it, so you made a post, and now I'm going to sit back. Hopefully people contact me. And so, (laughs) yeah, and that's, it's fine, except for that's, again, the the horsepower thing, right? That That's the, you want to get here. But again, that opposite's gonna, and, and it's hard because this is again, this is going against your grain. But at the t- at times, it's like again, if if we know what to do, are we willing to do it? And at times, what I've seen with people is they can know what to do, but because of how they're wired, they won't do it. And so, you know, for example, um, I got a guy clarity on he wanted to do boat races for years. He was filming weddings and filming commercials and filming all sorts of different things. But I said, what would you do if you didn't need money? He said, poker runs. The thing was, he goes, I've actually been filming one for free. I've been filming it for four years. And 
he wasn't getting paid, you know? And he said, well, I reached out to some other ones and they didn't want to pay. When we overcame one issue, which was he was having like, I'm a slime bag. Like he had this association with selling that was, you know, uh, like he used to be used car salesman. And so when he was taught to sell, it was like, if, if Lance wants a red car with black leather, but I only got a black car with red leather, I'm putting you in that and you're going to be happy I did. You know, and it just never made him feel good to do that. So there was this weird thing when it came to selling where it was like, oh, I'll reach out to a few. It's safe for me to just reach out to a few and say, hey, do you want video? And they're like, no, okay. And that's it. And then he's, and he's done. And he reached out to a handful and that was it. When he got clear, yes, like I'm serving these people. I love what I do. I want to do video. I'm good at video. And I want to do poker runs instead of reaching out to a few and kind of being very passive, you know, I don't know if I'm good at this or whatever. He had those four years of experience of filming a, a, a more top level poker run in the industry. So he's able to put that organization and that work in front of 200 poker runs. Like it was somewhere between, I always say 200, we just kind of round up, but he, he put it in a few hundred that he reached out to across the United States and he sent emails to him. So it was very specific the person, the kind of client he wanted, it was these poker runs. He sent emails to the poker run, you know, emails, addresses that he could find. And he followed up a few times. And he ended up within five months of doing that, he had, out of all of them, I think he only had 20 or 30 that even got back to him at all. And then out of the 20 or 30, he had, I don't know, eight to 12 maybe uh, like actual conversations. And out of that, he booked five different organizations. Four of them were for single poker runs and one of them did about 50 a year and he got a contract for 15. That total thing led to about 50 to $60,000 worth of revenue within these poker runs. So the thing is, and then now I just connect with him. He's so disciplined now. I mean, this was a person who was making no money in video as a collective whole for 10 years because he wasn't confident, wasn't clear about what he really wanted to do, was doing things he didn't want to do and was trying a little bit. And then he took what I talk about MIA, massive imperfect action, towards exactly what he wanted to do. He gained more of a confidence, like I'm good at the poker runs. Like I understand the language of the boat races and the poker runs. And so when he reached out to them, that made a big difference. He's loaded 8,000 clips to, I believe it's called Black Box, which distributes it across four different stock footage sites. It's taken him, I think since 2016, to get to 8,000 clips. And he had read somewhere, oh, you need a lot of clips to, to do something with it. So he tried that. He uploaded for six months and didn't make one sale. Then he finally sold a clip and he just kept doing it. And I remember about six, eight months ago, he had about 4,000 clips up and he was doing between 1,000 to 4,000 a month with an average of about $1,200. And the interesting thing was out of 4,000 clips, he was saying only something like 300 were ever selling. And so now flash forward, he's got 8,000 and he's like, yeah, there was a clip I loaded in 2016 that just sold for the very first time in 2019. And so we call that kind of the law of averages. You know, the reality is, let's say with the 4,000 clip scenario, that it wasn't until the last 3,700, like the last 300 were the ones, we don't know which ones were the ones that were selling, but let's just say it took 3,700 clips before he sold that first one. Well, if it took him, you know, at that time, I think he was a year and a half to two years into it um, to get to the 4,000. Um, but let's say it took him 
three and a half years to upload the 4,000 clips. So let's say he didn't upload those last 300 that we're going to sell until the last three months. And would we have the tenacity to stick with something for three and a half years, you know, to, to do that? Or can we condense decades to days? Can we condense time? So rather than him, you know, sending the 200 emails to poker runs over three years, you know, let me send like two messages this week, send nothing for three weeks, send five this week. He condensed that down to where he found all the emails and he emailed them in a few weeks, you know, time. And so now he was able to increase it. So it's like you could increase the frequency at which you potentially not just passively kind of post every once in a while. And if you look in the last, you know, February to today, it's like how many posts have you actually made that are relevant to somebody going, yeah, 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 Lance, I need you. You know, it's something they could see either of work or of, hey, use me. And then from there, how many interactions or things there. Could you just go an extra step and, you know, reach out? Like I had an event that I held, I, I told you earlier, it's Dreamers and Entrepreneurs locally in my town of 26,000 people in 2018. On January 1st, I decided to do the event. Zero promotion before that. Not even an iota of announcement of anything. And 31 days later, I held the event. I had 200 people to show up. I was on the radio, I was in the newspaper, all these things. I was making posts, I was doing lives all the time, I was doing all this stuff. And if I had anybody interact about the event or even like the event page on Facebook, I sent them a friend request and then I said, hey, I, so, I see that you showed interest in the event. I truly appreciate it. If you have any questions, let me know. And then some people I even sent a little video. I said, hey, I see you're having, I had people who that night at the event came up to me afterwards and said, I am only here because you personally reached out to me. They're like, I click like on events all the time, I don't go to 99% of them because I don't care. Like, I just see it, oh, that seems interesting, like, but because you took that extra initiative to kind of interact and say something. Now, the problem is, is a lot of people will, especially if your style will have this, I don't want to bother them, I don't want to annoy them, I don't want to seem pushy, I don't want to seem slimy. I, you know, there's all this kind of negative self-talk that goes into, if I send that message, how are they going to judge me and what are they going to think of me? Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> yeah, and it, it makes you feel uncomfortable. So there's where you said earlier, there's, I'm willing. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm willing to, like I want to put extra horsepower in the engine. I, I, I want to get to 20. Yes, there's the saying, and then there's the doing again. What are you actually willing, like are you willing to go through that resistance and have some of those reach outs? And here's what I found, even in just doing this, for every person who fills it out without me even doing anything, that's obviously a beautiful feeling. I, there was no convincing. Like you had seen whatever value you had gotten out of anything that I was posting publicly and thought, yeah, I'm going to give this a try. So that's the best case scenario. But you're now the small percent. Now that'll evolve because the more demand and the more eyeballs and the more exposure I get, then there'll be, of course, just me having the podcast out, just me doing things publicly will have people just like you filling it out that I'll never have actually interacted with but for me to get it going for me to even have episodes to release right now I've had to overcome that what are they going to think if I say hey I, you know I just want to let you know that this is out and you know I'm looking for people to do a one-on-one you know um, session with are you interested in doing that and for every 10 who are like oh my gosh thank you for reaching out you know I appreciate this I love what you're doing 
yeah, there's one person who either one, just never responds, or two, is very short in their response, or number three, which is typically the least, is they're kind of an ass to me, <laughs> you know, and actually, I just had one the other day, you know, like the guy uh, adds me as a friend, so I didn't even reach out to him, like nothing, he added me as a friend on Facebook, so I accept the friend request, I go in and message him, and I say, hey, how's it going, he goes, good. I said, uh, how'd you find out about me? He goes, I saw a post on Facebook. Okay. I said, so did that pique your interest? He goes, I guess maybe a little dot, dot, dot. Okay. Now it's all text. So I don't even know what the, I don't know what, what, if this guy's being kind of sarcastic, I don't know what he's doing. So then I say, so what kind of work do you do? And he sends back, I do wedding videos. I'm not interested in buying anything, man. I'm like, and it makes, I mean, probably maybe even you hearing that, but like me kind of saying it and, and reliving it for a second, like that felt like shit. Pardon me, but it didn't feel good. You know, getting this, like, he doesn't know me. I'm not trying to scam him. I'm not trying to even sell him right now. I really, if anything, if people get to know me, I mean, I'm not charging you for this call. Like, I love doing this. I would do all this work for free, which is the same reason I succeeded in video because my initial things, it's like the passion, the heart, the soul, the caring I put into it was because I love doing it. Like I cared about it and I care about people. So when I have somebody kind of almost pseudo attack me who doesn't even know me, it doesn't feel good. Like that doesn't feel good for that guy to be like, I'm not willing, I'm not want to buy anything. I'm thinking, oh my God, I didn't, I wasn't trying to sell you anything. But that is the minority. But for every one of those people is somebody grateful, like you started the call. Hey man, I just want to thank you for taking the time and doing this. Like I really appreciate it. It's like, I have to keep in mind, and all the time, you could have 100 clients, and I've seen this. You could have 100 clients, 90, you treat them all the same. You do 99, they're awesome, killing it. You're like, man, I'm good. Life is good. The business is great. I don't have any problems. The clients have been awesome. 100 client comes around, you treat them the same way, and they tear you to shreds, and they just rip you apart, and they're unhappy, and all these things, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, what did I do? You know, what, 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 what did I do? And what do I need to do? I need to change my whole business model. I need to change my whole structure. Like I need to put all these contracts and procedures in place because I don't want that to happen again. But you could do a hundred more and not have it happen again. You know, now if it becomes a trend, well, that's a, you got a different problem, right? Like if, if what I'm saying is if I reached out to 10 people and all 10 people were like, you're a, you're, you're a screwball, you're a scam artist, you're a this, and they're all being like hateful towards me, well, then I probably need to change my approach because if that's becoming the majority, then obviously I'm doing something wrong. But when it's the minority, our problem is, is we default to that negative. We default to putting all our energy into the one person. There was a story I heard a long time ago, which was this gym. This guy's at the front, he's doing his, you know, he's leading the, the whole gym class and everybody's into it. They love this guy, they love this trainer. And then the person walks in the back door and they cross their arms, they're shaking their head and they're looking down in disgust and they're just like, this is horrible. Who does this guy think he is? But there's 50 people in the room who are like, this guy's the greatest gift to earth. But then that, that gym owner puts all their attention into that single person who you may not even be able to ever shift over. And so do we put our attention into that minority or into the majority? And that's where we have to, what I've learned to get some of the biggest jobs to get my wife. 
I mean, I sent her a message. Her friend put her AOL Instant, or, yeah, AOL Instant Messenger screen name on her MySpace page back in 2006. And I had the cojones to send a message and, you know, basically be a creeper. <laughs> and other people did too. But I, I got through and we're married now. And I've gotten jobs from like, I saying the worst thing that's going to happen is you get a no, but you get a no guaranteed when you don't ask or you don't try. And so yeah. there's an opportunity for good when you at least try and, and starting to develop that skin and develop that muscle to, to do that little bit of extra trying, that little bit of extra reaching out, knowing that, yeah, there might be that little, you know, there might be those few times where you get punched in the face, but more times than none, you're going to get another opportunity to learn and to grow and to do work to get better so that you can, you can better serve like the people who really value it. Cause right now you might be getting people quite frankly. Yeah, they don't care. That's why they're willing to have you film their wedding for free. Maybe not having that max expertise. Cause they're like, well, I mean, I'm going to have video anyway. So of course that's fine. You want to do it? Come learn. You know, there's, there's a low responsibility on you because it's just a bonus for them. But it's like when I used to do free same day edits versus paid, like if I didn't show the same day edit when it was free, it didn't really matter. My, my responsibility, the pressure was lower. When they're paying for me to more or less guarantee that I show a video that night at the reception, like that stressed me out. I got a lot more gray hair. I, I had my hair up kind of the other day and I'm like looking I'm like, oh my God, I look like a, uh, like a vampire uh, uh, in, in this one show we were watching. You know, they got the gray hair when they're like, uh, you know, a zombie or, you know, whatever. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm a zombie. My, my, half my hair is turning gray, you know, but that was from a lot of pressure you know, and, and some people can't handle that. So it, it's, it's, it's again, you saying one thing, but what are you willing to do? And, and my challenge for you would be to try that little bit more of that active, see how it feels, push through it a little bit and see if you can't come out the other side. But if it's too much fish climbing a tree where it's like this, everything about this is horrible. I've done it 30 times, Gebs. This is, it's the most horrible feeling. Nothing positive has come. I've gotten 30 rejections. But don't take, here's the difference between rejection. A rejection is not a non-response. That's what I've learned through the years. We want to take, I, I messaged 30 people and I got zero responses is 30 people rejected me. And that, that 30 knows. What I have found is, is people get busy. It's not a priority right this second, whatever. But the over, even those reaching out that I've said, there's been people, I mean, you got to find what's right for you, but you know, some of the messages I did get when I reached out to people about doing this, like initially they were like, man, I love what you're doing in, in, in full-time filmmaker. It's so great. Blah, 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 blah. And then I would say, do you want to be doing one-on-one session? No response. Little follow-up. No response. One more follow-up. Then they responded and they're like, oh man, it's gotten really busy. You know, I've had people who are paying me for coaching right now who are like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this. And then they're dark for like three weeks and I don't hear a peep out of them. And I'm thinking, what happened? Were they just being nice on the call? <laughs> just like, I'm interested. And then they're like, no, I thought about it a lot. I had, I went on vacation for a week. And they're not telling me any of this until three weeks later when they get back from vacation, when they get back from all this stuff. And now they're like, I'm really sorry. But during that time, you're like, what did I do? Do they like me? And I get that. I feel that too, but I've had to feel through that. And it's through that, if you're willing, that, that you can create the opportunities. If you're not, then there's those other routes we're kind of talking about on today's call of like, what do you got to do today? You know, if that's too much, then do you reach out to build some relationships? You still might have to reach out, but you just try to get some, 
second shooting jobs and do that and just kind of work under somebody for the next few years to grow? Or do you take this other approach and you push a little bit harder to, to open some doors rather than just hoping it comes to you? There's, neither, there's not a right or wrong to which ways, you know, the best way. It's just what's the way you're actually going to do so that we don't have a conversation six months or a year from now and you're like, well, I, I did two more weddings, you know, in 12 months. And, you know, and I've seen that. I've had guys who three years in, they've done two or three weddings a year. And then I asked him, do you really want to do weddings? Because they were trying to get two or $3,000 as well. I'm like, would you rather have 30 weddings at 1,000, which would meet your goal, right? 30 weddings at 1,000 gives you 30 grand. Or would you rather have two or three weddings at three grand? You know, if it's just a side hustle thing, I got a job, I make an extra 10 grand on the side, I don't want to do that many. Well, there you go. That works. But if it's something you want to do professionally and like make a living doing it, it'd be better to do 30 at 1,000 than it would be to do two or three every year. And that shifted him. He had literally leads that when we got off the call that he messaged back that two weeks ago said no and because he was trying to charge two. They only wanted to spend 1000 and he went back and said, how about, I really liked you guys. I don't know if you've booked anybody yet, but I will be willing to go back and do it for 1500 And I remember him sending me that message and the person goes, oh my gosh, absolutely. Well, that makes us so happy. We really wanted you. But so it was kind of that compromise. They didn't want to spend 1000 more than they were willing, but because he met them in the middle, that got him some business. So there's... There's little things like that where, you know, you can, you can do things where you even either can do free work and get the free job that they've already said no. You can get a paid job they've already said no. But the goal is to get those jobs because the more you get out there, like you said, the more clear you're going to get on how you offer things, your prices. I mean, I looked at your site beforehand a little bit. I mean, I would remove your price. With everything we've gone through on this call so far, I would just get your prices off the website. Um, and you're already, I think your lowest thing, I think, says, is it $1,200? Honestly, I don't even remember. <laughs> I'm yeah. well, I, so I don't know how many people are looking at it, but regardless, like when people are in the beginning part of their career, I believe they should just get what they can get. And that's not advice you'll hear from everybody, but like starting prices, you know, I, I know one guy, he's doing 36 weddings now at about $2,500, $2,600. And, you know, his first year he did, I think, eight for 400 bucks, you know, and then the second year he did like 13 for $1,200 you know, and then the third year, and it went up. Um, but too many times, it's like we, you know, you haven't even gotten paid for any of them yet. And yet the website's showcasing at least what I saw. Like I'll, yeah. I'll like I, got um, I got so many links open actually, but I, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I know I know what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. So you I got mean, any other questions or thoughts before we kind of wrap up here soon that you're, you're, you're either confused with something you'd like to ask. Um, all right. So let's say I have one wedding in September. The other three weekends are, are free, but like if, if you were to give me some advice on how to book those three weddings coming up in September, like what should I do? Like those active things, like what specifically should yeah. I do to get those three weddings booked up? Well, so those are very specific dates. So that's, a, that's the only issue I would say, because even with activities that I can tell you here in a second, you're not going to guarantee that they happen to fall on specific dates, except for if you are connected with a photographer, a venue, somebody who has weddings already booked for those dates, because 
you're not going to necessarily, it's going to be a needle in a haystack, like randomly finding a bride on your own happens to fall into those three dates, but there's more than likely a photographer, a florist, some type of venue, somebody that has weddings booked for those dates that there's a high probability that might not have a videographer at it. And so it's like, is there anybody you're already, is there any of the weddings you've already done? Could you reach out to the couple? Could you find the florist? Could you find the venue? Could you find the photographer? Because now the cool thing with that is you already have some kind of association. You already have some kind of leverage. Here's the video I did for Susie, you know, and we work together. Just out of curiosity, these three weddings, these three weekends in September, do you happen to know if you're, if you have, if you have any couples, if you have anybody booked for that date, do you, would you mind uh, connecting? I'm trying to, to, to build my portfolio. I'd be willing to do, and there's a couple ways you can spin this too that would be good. So you can spin it as building my portfolio. I'm really wanting to get more practice. If they don't have a videographer, um, I'd love to do it for free for them. Um, and the other thing I do is on that date, I can get some extra footage for you to be able to make you some kind of little promo. And so one thing I've done and are encouraged for different videographers when they're starting out or at any point in time is that the florist, the church, the reception hall, the photographer, the wedding planner, all these people would love the good gesture of you shot extra footage of them and you either one can just give them the footage, just give them all the B-roll clips that they have that you have of the flowers you got, of the empty shots of the church, of the empty shots of the reception hall, or the step up is, you know, you, cause you can just throw that on a Dropbox link. That's the most basic way. I, I take them, I drop them into a link. I say, Hey, here's a folder with all the clips of the, of the flowers. Boom. And you give that to them. Number two is you put together a little 30 to 60, 90 second, just sizzle piece, just a little music video clips to music of the church, of the reception of the photographer. Now what that can do is that's just a good gesture for them to potentially now refer you, for you to be able to have a conversation about doing something more extensive for them. Um, so those are, I mean, but see, here's the difference, right? The difference that I want to challenge you on when you say you ask me that is the guy I mentioned with 500 horsepower is going to go message 25 photographers, 25, you know, florists, 25, you know, wedding venues, and going to say this stuff and try to create these opportunities. So my challenge to you is, is to push through that resistance to send out more than like two messages or none at all, right? right. To, to send those messages because that's what's going to create the opportunity because, you know, those are the people you've already done weddings with. If you've done four to six weddings, every one of them more than likely had a photographer, had a florist, had a ceremony, had a reception. They might not have had a wedding planner, um, but they probably had a photographer at it. They probably, you know, they were at a ceremony place. They were at a reception. And if you can connect with those people and see, do they have weddings on those dates? Could you get connected to be able to film that wedding for free? And you'd be willing to also shoot some extra footage of them. You really want to get this thing going. It was, it was nice working with you. I don't know if you remember me, you know, those things. And how's that feel? What do you think about that? Yeah, that sounds good. Um, I mean, yeah, at the beginning of this year, I, I actually was pretty active in doing the kind of reaching out to people, okay. you know, cold turkey or whatever. Like I wrote handwritten letters to every single awesome. real estate real estate uh, agency in town that didn't result in anything. And but so, then, Stop for one second before you go further with that. So you sent them a letter. What did that have in the letter? And did you, like, what did you say in this letter? 
Uh, I said, I am a new, I told him I just moved to town. I'm a new business. Um, and I'm just looking for people to work with, I guess. I guess one to one person I said, Hey, I'd be willing to do your social media videos for the next three months for free. Uh-huh. Um, things like that. It's kind of so, what he said. So it's, it's interesting. I'd have to see all that you did. And then do you know how, see, there's the thing again, when the, the one guy I mentioned earlier, when he said he reached out to people in poker runs, you know, his mind said I was really active and I did it. And when we really came full circle on a trust level and he was really honest with himself and me, he's like, I reached out to about five or six, but his story was like, I reached out to a bunch of poker runs and they didn't want to pay me. Um, like, do you have any idea when you say every realtor, did you send out 50 handwritten letters, five, four? Uh, probably like 10. Okay. Okay. That's fine. And so, you know, the interesting thing is, and I've talked to people about this before where it's like on a website, if you're a videographer and your website's full of photos and text and no videos, and then you're wondering why you don't get hired for video, like there's a level there of disconnect. So I've seen one guy, super ambitious, he sent 600 emails to different people asking to do work for him and he's like, nothing happened. The 600 emails didn't have anything of relevance like inside the emails, it's just like, hey, I'm this guy who needs to do stuff and do you need stuff done? Kind of like that was the basic premise of it. And so the, the, the thing is, is if we go to our core network to begin with, our family, our friends, and, and dig into them and see one, one degree of separation with them, you know, if you might know 20 people on an intimate level, out of that 20 people could be literally 80 people, right? Like, you know, well, at least double that, right? They all at least know one person. And then those people, like there's, there's, there's levels of depth there. But if you start digging in there, is somebody know a realtor? Does somebody know XYZ? Or number two, like, you know, there's open houses. Here's somebody, hack for real estate that people, like there's open houses, depending on where you live, every weekend, there's open houses. 99% of the population will not stop you to take a glide cam or a gimbal into a home on an open house and get footage. So hypothetically, you could go to the fanciest freaking house that there is when they have an open house and run around and film inside that house and make a free video. And now that one sample sent to 10 people will do far more than zero samples sent to 100. Like even in the thing with the guy with the races, he had the leverage of one major name brand race that he had worked with for four years and had sample work with them. So when he reached out to 200, he didn't just say, hey, poker runs, I like video and you might need one and hire me. You know, yeah. it was like, here's who I've worked for. And that leverage of one is much greater than zero. And so, you know, sending out the letters, that's a great maybe follow-up to an email or something else, but they're not even seeing your work in that. Like, now what do I got to do? I got to work harder. I got to go potentially look this guy up and, you know, whatever else. And, like, they're busy people. But if they had an email and they click and they look, it's, it's far different than if they just get a letter and now there's extra steps. You got to think of the path of resistance. So I appreciate your doing that right? That's a great, that is a great, handwritten letters can be a great gesture for sure. But sometimes it's like if you're making a meal, too much salt can make it taste like crap, but salt can be good. Like you can have the ingredients, but in the wrong amounts is not good. Or, you know, I say if you have a cup, sand, and rocks, 
if you pour it full of sand first and then try to get the rocks in, it's hard. But you just reverse the order, now it's good. So sometimes we're doing things that they're just either out of order, there's too much, too little, like we gotta find those amounts. And I mean, that's honestly what I love to help people with because I believe that when we watch YouTube videos, when you hear a call like this, when you observe these things, it's very easy to pull things. Actually, the same person, I have so many scenarios with him because he was such a go-getter. He saw me talk years ago about Facebook ads. He goes, oh, that didn't work. I just spent $1,000 on Facebook ads. Okay. So I look at the Facebook ads. He was running 18 to 65, male, female, single, engaged, married, divorced, all across the United States of America. That was the ad he ran. And so then we streamlined that down to 22 to 29 female engaged, 10 mile radius of where he was. He booked a wedding for 750 bucks within like 24 to 48 hours. So like the activity sometimes can be the right activity, either in the wrong dosage, the wrong order or whatever. So just keep that in mind. That's why I say, yeah, you can reach out to like random human beings with no connection whatsoever and have a higher probability of either a non-response, a rejection or something else. But if you go to the people of the six weddings, four weddings, five weddings you've already worked with, that you have some little, little bit of a relationship with, but you can also say, we work together on this. That's why when I go to networking things, I don't look to always have 90 minute conversations with somebody. At least at times if I plant the seed and I get five minutes with them, now I can go back afterwards and send an email and say, we met at blank. And that makes a lot of difference than you don't know me and we don't have any mutual connections and I've never done any work. And so I, I'm new, you know, you go to your warm people, your friends, your family, different people, and you get that work and then you leverage that to potentially people who might not know you. So, you know, I think right now that's why with the weddings, that'll be the best thing you can do. So. All right. Sounds good, man. Thank you so much. There you have it, another episode of Jumpstart Sessions, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. So if you yourself would like to be coached on a future episode of Jumpstart Sessions, just head on over to jumpstartsessions.net and click Get Coached on the Podcast. Again, as of the recording of this episode, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. I would really love to help you gain a greater level of clarity, confidence, and connection in your life and alignment in your business so that you can move faster and make things happen without so much resistance. So I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Have an amazing rest of your day and keep rocking and rolling. Take care.